Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. What is the closest constellation? Wow, this is a really fun question. Thank you so much for asking it. So let's start by exploring the idea of what a constellation is, and then we'll get into what the closest one is. So I want you to imagine that you are outside at night looking up at the sky. Now, maybe you're lucky enough that you live somewhere where you have dark skies most of the time, where you don't have a lot of light pollution and you can look up and see the stars. But you might need to imagine going on a camping trip where you get away from the city lights, maybe out in the mountains or on the beach. And so I want you to imagine that you're standing there and you're looking up and it's a cloudless night. It's a moonless night. And you can see from horizon to horizon thousands and thousands of stars. Now these stars, some of them are very dim and you can just barely see them and others are very, very bright. Most of them look kind of whitish, but if you look for a while, you look carefully, you see that actually they're different colors. Some of them have a little bit of red or a little blue to them, orange and yellow. Now, from where we stand on Earth, we look up and the sky above us kind of looks like a bowl on top of the Earth, right? So Earth is round, Earth is a big ball shape. It's not perfectly round, but it's pretty close. And then there's the sky above us. Well, space just keeps going and going and going. And those stars, some of them are very close to us. Some of them are only a few light years away and others are really, really far away. Others are thousands of light years away. Yeah, our eyes without telescopes, we can see stars that are thousands of light years away. So a light year, by the way, is how we talk about distance in space. So a light year is actually a unit of distance, not time. It's how far light can travel in a single year because Light travels so, so fast that here on Earth, it seems instant, right? It's just instantaneous, but it actually does follow a speed limit. Sometimes you will hear this called the speed of causality. I really like that name for it because it's not just light that goes at the speed of light. It's actually other things as well, like gravitational waves, anything that is massless. So light obeys the speed limit of the speed of light or the speed of causality. And so there's a limit to how far it can go. So if something is four light years away, that means it takes four years for the light from that thing to get to us. If it's a thousand light years away, it means light has to travel for a thousand years before it actually gets to us. It's really cool to think about. So when you're looking up at the stars and you see those thousands of stars, you're seeing the light as it was when that light was released. And for some of those stars, it's only a few years ago. And for others, it is thousands of years ago. Now, when you're looking up at the sky, some of those stars are brighter, right? And they might be brighter because they're closer to us, or they might be brighter just because they're more luminous stars, stars that give off more light. From Earth, we can't really tell without using some special tricks, but 
just with your eyes, you're not going to be able to tell how far away it is, but you can see how bright they are. Now the bright ones, using our human imagination, sometimes you can see bright stars next to each other and they kind of look like they make a picture. In the same way that sometimes we see shapes in clouds, we can see pictures when we look at these groups of stars. They're like little connect the dot, like stick figures. And some of these look like animals and some of them look like people and some of them look like objects. So if we have a group of stars, we have a special word for that. That's a constellation. So that word comes from Latin, con is together and stella is star. So it's a group or a together of stars. So if we were to draw a box around those stars that seemed like they made a picture to you, that would be your constellation. Now, I'm going to introduce another word here, and that word is asterism. So in everyday language, when we say constellation, usually we mean the group of stars that makes a picture. But in science, we need to distinguish between the word constellation and the word asterism. So in our space sciences, an asterism is the picture that we draw in our mind. So a really famous asterism you might know is the Big Dipper. So you look up and you see a group of stars and they seem to draw a picture of a big spoon, or some people think it looks kind of like a plow. Now, when you look at Orion, you might notice Orion is a very famous one. There's three stars that look like they make his belt and he looks like a person made out of stars. So the picture is the asterism, but all of the stars in that area of the sky, all of them, the little tiny faint ones, the bright ones, the nebula that's in his belt, all of those are part of the group of stars. So they're part of the constellation. So when we look at the sky, we divide the sky into sections that we call constellation. Kind of like down here on Earth, we divide up the Earth into countries. So you could think of constellations as the countries in the sky. Now, where do we get the names and how did we decide where to draw those lines? Well, different cultures all over the world, different people have been looking up at the sky and telling different stories. Sort of like when you're looking at the clouds, well, you might look up and look at a cloud and say, that looks like a dragon. And somebody else looks at the same cloud and say, says, that kind of looks like a bunny eating an ice cream cone, right? So that's happened with people telling stories about the stars as well. But let's go back to the early 20th century. And there's an organization called the International Astronomical Union. So in the early 20th century, which we are in the 21st century today, so we're in the 2000s. So when we say 20th century, we mean the 1900s. So this group was formed from, with astronomers from different countries. Now, not all countries. It mostly at the time was represented by European countries. And today there's more countries in it, but it's still mostly the, the more wealthy countries. But what this group of astronomers did is they started looking at the books that they could find and again mostly based on european astronomy and started to collect the different 
constellations because different people would look at the same star and call it a different name, or they'd look at the same part of the sky and call it a different name. So this group got this together, they looked at all the different sources they could find, and then they voted together on what they were officially going to call that part of the sky. So being that the IAU, the International Astronomical Union, was mostly European, it the constellations ended up being based on the European tradition. Now, modern Europe got most of its constellations from the Romans. So that's why there's a lot of Latin names. Now, the Romans, they got the constellations from the Greeks. And the Greeks got it from the Egyptians. So we're going real back in time now, right? But the Egyptians got it from an even older group called the Babylonians. So a lot of the constellations that we know today and the stories that we tell about these groups of stars come all the way back from thousands of years ago from the group called the Babylonians. So fast forward to today, the International Astronomical Union recognizes 88 different constellations all over the world, right? Because where you live on the Earth, depending on how far away you are from the equator, you can see different stars than the people who live on the other side. So if you are in the northern hemisphere, you see different stars than people in the southern hemisphere, right? So taking into account all the stars that everyone all over the Earth can see, we say there's 88 different constellations. Now let's come back to the question of, well, which constellation is the closest? Hmm. Well, the sky isn't actually flat, right? It looks like this bowl above us, but some stars are closer, some stars are farther away. So when we say a whole section of the sky is one constellation, it's the section starting right above our heads all the way out as far as we can see, as far as our telescopes can see out to the edge of the observable universe. So you can think about it almost like a pizza slice coming out from the Earth. But instead of being a 2D pizza slice, it's a 3D pizza slice stretching out into space. And every single star, every single constellation, every nebula that is inside of that slice, we say it's part of that constellation. So really, there isn't actually one constellation that is closer to us than others, because that's just a section of the sky. But we could say, okay, but what's the closest star to us, other than the sun, of course, so the closest star to the solar system is a little tiny red dwarf called Proxima Centauri. Now, Proxima Centauri is part of a three-star system called Alpha Centauri. And you can see the brighter stars in this. From Earth, if you live in the Southern Hemisphere, then you can see it's one of the brightest stars in the sky. And it's in the constellation of Centaurus. So Centaurus is the Centaur constellation. And in the Northern Hemisphere, you can see part of this constellation. But in order to see all of it, you need to be a little bit closer to the equator. You need to be in the Southern Hemisphere. So those of you listening from the Southern Hemisphere, you might know this constellation. So the Alpha Centauri system has Proxima Centauri in it. Now this system is only about four light years. It's just a little over four light years away. So it's the closest system to us. So if we wanted, we could say that 
the closest constellation is Centaurus, the centaur, the half-human, half-horse constellation. All right, so this was fun exploring the ideas of constellations. If you do get a chance tonight and you can go out, see if you can spot any stars and if you can spot any constellations. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, please have your folks send it to the email in the description box. And I hope that you all have dark skies and remember to stay curious.